Test, 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 check, one, two, check, check. Test, one, one, check, one, one. Coming down in three, two, one. This is Station to Station. I'm Joe Pavia. A logger yelling timber in a forest just before a tree crashes down is similar to a golfer yelling four as a golf ball travels too close to the golfers ahead of them. Both terms are meant to give people the heads up that they should get out of the way or take cover because a tree or a golf ball is coming close to them. The only place close to your home that you'll hear anyone yell timber is at a cut-your-own-Christmas-tree farm, and it's the most fun when you have young kids around to yell it with you. For the first time in a lot of years, my wife and I cut down our own tree with the help of our 7-year-old nephew. It was his first time to a cut-your-own farm, and this is what it sounded like. Do you know what kind of a Christmas tree you want to pick? Um, a very tall one. Sounds good. Hey, look at that one. That one is like as tall as you. Think so? Let's see, why don't you stand next to it? I'll take your picture. Okay. Hey, you ready to saw? I'm ready to saw. Are you ready? Ready? Timber! Beautiful. <laughs> that was a fun morning for us since it's been a while since we actually cut down a tree. Since our kids got older and busy with their lives, my wife and I still go to the Cut Your Own Farm we've been going to for years, but we choose a tree they've already cut down. The trip to the Christmas tree farm was a radio assignment I attached my name to years ago into the forest of trees we went to and with a saw, a microphone, and a tape machine to record the sounds of the conversations between my wife, seven-year-old son, three-year-old daughter, and me. What you'll hear is a re-edited and longer version of the feature that was first produced in 1997. The sounds go back and forth from the conversations within the rows of trees and an interview with the owner of the tree farm, Heather Demeter. Are we ready to go get a Christmas tree? Yep. What kind of a Christmas tree are you looking for there, Oliver? Well, we're looking for a nice green one. How tall do you want it? Uh, I don't know. Joanna, you ready? You ready to get a Christmas tree? Yeah. What kind of what kind of a Christmas tree do you want? Okay. Let's go. And there's rows upon rows of Christmas trees. Right now we're in a line of spruce. Spruce to the left of us and pine to the right of us. Okay, we're gonna get uh, spruce of pine, right? What should we look for in a Christmas tree? You've got you've got spruce, you've got pine. Uh, it really depends on what the individual likes. We have short needled, uh, we have the longer needled Scotch pine, and we have different sizes. We have from five feet all the way up to eleven foot, depending if you have a cathedral ceiling. Uh, a standard house would take a seven to eight footer. So it's really uh, what kind you like and what kind of decorations you want to put on the tree. People usually keep their Christmas trees up for about three, four weeks maybe. What's the best way to, to take care of the tree just to give it that longevity so that it doesn't die in your living room or family room? Whatever? The most important thing is keeping the tree well watered. And that means never letting the water go below that butt end. Uh, if that would happen, you literally would have to drill a few new holes in the side of the tree or take it down and uh, put a fresh cut on the tree. So keeping it well watered is the basic necessity. 
What's that? I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. Okay, well hold on a second. Let's look for a tree and then we'll get some food. So far we don't see anything we like. Well, that one's too short. That one's too tall. Kind of chunky around. That one's too thin. Let's see what's up here. You are a Christmas tree farmer, similar to there are tomato farmers or cauliflower farmers. That's right. We have a crop here that we rotate. We have a 50-acre plantation here. Every year we plant another five acres, and it's rotating. We just planted a second field now with new seedlings, and they'll be ready in eight years. So we're not cutting down the forest. It's a crop. We tend to it. We mow it. Uh, we replant. We're keeping it in rotation so that we will always have trees to sell here. I like the height on that. Uh, that looks like it's got two roots though underneath. It's going two different ways. How did you decide, well, let's, let's grow Christmas trees? What is there the land? Is there anything special about the land here or? Well, um, going way back, my father always enjoyed uh, forestry. He was a carpenter by trade. Woods always meant a lot to him. I guess uh, it came in my blood naturally. Uh, we've just enjoyed trees, uh, and uh, he rented the land out to a farmer, and it was maybe we could do something more beneficial for the environment, and we thought about trees, and away we went. Now you're part of the Christmas Tree Growers Association of Ontario, and there is a, a website as well. Uh, I had a chance to visit that recently. Um, what, what sort of stories do you guys share when, when you get together with your trees? Well, we, we, we talk about a lot of really interesting things. Um, we share a lot of marketing strategies. Our association is, is well known for that. Uh, we'll talk about signage. We talk about uh, promotional events, how to get more people to our farm. Our association is extremely valuable to us in that way. Another thing is um, we get in um, insecticide experts, uh, people that uh, do this for a living. They study bugs, and they can help us out with some diseases that our trees get. Um, it's a really sharing association. What, uh, just briefly, what sort of diseases do Christmas uh, trees get? Okay, for example, maybe even some people have noticed it, uh, spruce gall. It happens on the white spruce trees. It's a little bug that gets in the bud at the end of the leader, and it actually quite deforms the tree. It looks like a little pineapple in the spring. Uh, it, it literally deforms the bud, and the bud doesn't come out, and the tree doesn't grow. Uh, trunk looks good on this one. Tall, full. Smells nice too. What do you think? Walk around. Like it, it looks. No, not over here. No, I think we might be. Well, it's kind of on a hill, so it. We'll, we'll be able to, uh, if we cut it straight enough. Yeah. Are you going to cut it straight? Yeah. Okay, so is this one? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Timber! Timber! Oh, I noticed a few things listening back to that piece years later. 
Our three-year-old was hungry and thirsty searching for a tree, and I didn't hear her until the third time, she asked. We were all speaking at the same time, and she was short enough to be close to the microphone hanging to my side that she had a clear shot of that mic and could speak, only it didn't transfer into my ear until after the third time. Now, the other thing, I I wondered why I asked the question about her farm being like a tomato or a cauliflower farm. And then I remembered, at the time, this is around 1997, at the time, the deforestation or the slash and burn method of trees being taken down in the Amazon rainforest was in the news headlines. One group of people thought that we would be wrecking the environment by cutting down a tree, just like they were in South America. And the other reaction, many had the impression that we were going out into the middle of a forest, like the Griswolds did in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and stealing it, complete with a squirrel. Now, our tree was usually chopped down in late November and would stay up until early January. Some years we were lucky and noticed young buds springing from the tree. I posted a picture of one of those young buds that sprouted one year. Hope you'll check it out. That's it for today's show. If you have a comment any questions, leave a reply at the end of the podcast. Also check out the blogs and the photo galleries. Have a great day.